Chapter Twenty of Yon of the Windmill. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Florence Short. Yon of the Windmill by Juliana Horatia Ewing. Chapter Twenty. Squire Amaby and his daughter. The cheap Jack does business once more. The white horse changes masters. Squire Ammaby was the most good-natured of men. He was very fond of his wife, though she was somewhat peevish, with weak health and nerves, and though she seemed daily less and less able to bear the rough-and-ready attentions of her husband, and to rely more and more on the advice and assistance of her mother, Lady Craigshore. From this it came about that the squire's affection for his wife took the shape of wishing Lady Louisa to have everything that she wished for, and that the very joy of his heart was his little daughter, Amabel. Amabel was between three and four years old, and to some extent a prodigy. She was as tall as an average child of six or seven, and stout in proportion. The size of her shoes scandalized her grandmother, and once drew tears from Lady Louisa, as she reflected on the probable size of Miss Amaby's feet by the time she was presented. Lady Louisa was tall and weedy. The squire was tall and robust. Amabel inherited height on both sides, but in face and in character. She was more like her father than her mother. Indeed, Lady Louisa would close her eyes and lady craigshaw would put up her gold glass at the child and they would both cry sadly coarse quite an amaby amabel was not coarse however but she had a strength and originality of character that must have come from some bygone generation if it was inherited she had a pitying affection for her mother with her grandmother she lived at daggers drawn she kept up a pretty successful struggle for her own way in the nursery she was devoted to her father when she could get at him and she poured an almost boundless wealth of affection on every animal that came in her way an uncle had just given her a spanish saddle and her father had promised to buy her a donkey he had heard of one and was going to drive to the town to see the owner with great difficulty amabel had got permission from her mother and grandmother to go with the squire in the pony carriage as she had faithfully promised to be good she submitted to be well wrapped up under her grandmother's direction and staggered downstairs in coat cape gaiter comforter muffetees and with a shetland veil over her burning cheeks she even displayed a needless zeal by carrying a big shawl in a lump in her arms which she would give up to no one no no she cried as the squire tried to take it from her lift me in daddy lift me in the squire laughed and obeyed her saying why bless my soul amabel i think you grow heavier every day amabel came up crimson from some disposal of the shawl after her own ideas and her eyes twinkled as he spoke though her fat cheeks kept their gravity it was not till they were far on their way that a voice from below the seat cried yap why there's one of the dogs in the carriage said the squire 
on which clinging to one of his arms and caressing him amabel confessed it's only the pub dear daddy i brought him in under the shawl i did so want him to have a treat too and grandmamma is so hard she hardly thinks i ought to have treats and she never thinks of treats for the dogs the squire only laughed and said she must take care of the dog when they got to the town and amabel was encouraged to ask if she might take off the shetland veil hesitating between his fear of amabel's catching cold and a common-sense conviction that it was ludicrous to dress her according to her invalid mother's susceptibilities the squire was relieved from the responsibility of deciding by amabel's promptly exposing her rosy cheeks to the breeze and they drove on happily to the town the squire had business with the justices and amabel was left at the crown when he came back amabel jumped down from the window and the black blind over which she was peeping into the yard and ran up to her father with tears on her face oh daddy she cried dear good daddy i don't want you to buy me a donkey i want you to buy me a horse that's modest said the squire but what are you crying for oh it's such a poor horse such a very old poor horse cried amabel and from the window mr ammaby was able to confirm her statements it was the cheap jack's white horse which he had been trying to persuade the landlord to buy as a cab horse more lean more scarred more drooping than ever it was a pitiful sight now and then raising its soft nose and intelligent eyes to the window as if it knew what a benevolent little being was standing on a slippery chair with her arms round the squire's neck pleading its cause but when i buy horses said the squire i buy young good ones not very old and poor ones oh but do buy it daddy perhaps it's not had enough to eat like that kitten i found in the ditch and perhaps it'll get fat like her and mamma said we wanted an old horse to go in the cart for luggage and i'm sure that one's very old and that's such a horrid man like humpbacked richard and when nobody's looking he tugs it and beats it oh i wish i could beat him and amabel danced dangerously upon the horsehair seat in her white gaiters with impotent indignation the squire was very weak when pressed by his daughter but at horses if at anything he looked with an eye to business to buy such a creature would be ludicrous still amabel had made a strong point by what lady louisa had said no one too knew better than the squire what difference good and bad treatment can make in a horse and this one had been good once as his experienced eye told him he said he would see and strolled into the yard long practice had given the cheap jack a quickness in detecting a possible purchaser which almost amounted to an extra sense and he at once began to assail the squire but a nearer view of the white horse had roused mr ammaby's indignation i wonder he said that you're not ashamed to exhibit a poor beast that's been so ill-treated for heaven's sake take it to the knackers and put it out of its misery at once looky my lord said cheap jack touching his cap the horse have been ill-treated i knows i'm an afflicted man my lord and the boy i've employed he's treated him shameful 
and when a man can't feed hisself, he can't keep his beast fat neither that's why i wants to get rid on him my lord i can't keep him as i should and i'd like to see him with the gentleman like yourself as'll do him justice he comes of a good stock my lord take him for fifteen pound he added waddling up to the squire and when you've had him three months you'll sell him for thirty this was too much the squire broke out in a furious rage you unblushing scoundrel he cried do you think i'm a fool fifteen pounds for a horse you should be fined for keeping alive be off with it and put it out of misery and he turned indignantly into the inn the cheap jack calling after him say ten pound my lord the bystanders giggling and the ostler whistling dryly through the straw in his mouth take it to the knacker's cheap john oh daddy dear have you got him cried amabel as the squire re-entered the parlour no my dear the poor beast isn't fit to draw carts my darling it's been so badly treated the only kindness now is to kill it and put it out of pain and i told the hunchback so it was a matter of course and humanity to the squire but it overwhelmed poor amabel she gasped kill it and then bursting into a flood of tears she danced on the floor wringing her hands and crying oh 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 don't please don't let him be killed oh do do buy him and let him die comfortably in the paddock oh do 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 nonsense amabel you mustn't dance like that remember you promised to be good said the squire the child gulped down her tears and stood quite still with her face pale from misery i don't want not to be good said she but oh dear i do wish i had some money that i might buy that poor old horse and let him die comfortably at home it was not the money the squire grudged it was against all his instincts to buy a bad horse but amabel's wan face overcame him and he went out again he never lingered over disagreeable business and going straight up to the cheap jack he said my little girl is so distressed about it that i'll give you five pounds for the poor brute to stop his suffering say eight my lord said the cheap jack once more the squire was turning away in wrath when he caught sight of amabel's face at the window he turned back and biting his lip said i'll give you five pounds if you'll take it now and go if you beats me down again i'll offer you four i'll take off a pound for every bait you utter and when i speak i mean what i say do you think i don't know one horse from another it is probable that the cheap jack would have made another effort to better his bargain but his wife had come to seek him and to her sharp eyes the squire's resolution was beyond mistake we'll take the five guineas and thank you sir she said curtsying the squire did not care to dispute the five shillings which she had dexterously added and he paid the sum and the worthy couple went away miles said the squire the servant he had brought with him in reference to the donkey appeared 
and touched his hat. Miss Amabel has persuaded me to buy this poor brute that it may die in peace in the paddock. Can you get it home, do you think? I think I can, sir, this evening, after a feed and some rest. The white horse had suddenly become a center of interest in the inn yard. Everybody, from the landlord to the stable boy, felt its legs and patted it and suggested various lines of treatment. Before he drove away, Mr. Emmaby overheard the landlord saying, He be a sharp hand, is the squire. I shouldn't wonder if he brought the beast round yet. Which, for his credit's sake, the squire devoutly hoped he might. But, after all, he had his reward when Amabel, sobbing with joy, flung her arms round him and cried, Oh, you dear, darling, good daddy, how I love you, and how the white horse loves you. End of chapter 20